morning, church, wherever you may be. Good morning. Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of John. We are in chapter 17, and we'll be beginning at verse 6. So again, for those of you who are flipping your Bibles um, digitally or paper version, we're going to the book of John, chapter 17, and we will begin at verse 6. Please, wherever you are, read along with me. Let's begin. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Sister Valerie, for the reading of the word. Thank you, Sister Marlowe, for the prayer, uh, for us, for the corporate prayer. Thank you, Brother Mark Gibbs. I think he's out of the picture. I know Rasan told me to move him up, but we've been trying to work, you know, with the technicalities of everything, so I didn't have a chance to focus on telling the brother to move up because he looks good even though, even though you don't see him. Don't you agree? Amen. In Jesus' name. So we praise God for his ministry and him being here today. Praise God. Praise God. And praise God for you. Can we look to God in a word of prayer? Can we pray? Dear God, we, are, we come once again humbly before your throne of grace to seek help in our time of need. We need help. All of us would say we need some help. And we know that our, we look to the hills whence cometh our help. 
Our help cometh from you, O Lord, maker of heaven and earth. We're grateful today for our help. You are our helper in our time of need. Lord, now open our hearts and our minds to hear your word, to receive your word, and to do your word. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wherever you are, would you give a virtual hand clap for Jesus? All six or seven of us who are here, give your hand clap for Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Spread out all over the, all over the sanctuary. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to have protocol. Praise God. Amen. All right. We're in. Uh, it is Palm Sunday. This is a different, would we agree, a different Palm Sunday, right, than uh, we've ever been used to. Uh, and God is, I didn't say but, and God is faithful. Can I say, can you say God is faithful? Yeah, he's faithful. And so we're happy to be here, glad. Matter of fact, we have joy uh, that we are able to uh, bring the word to you today, uh, to bring uh, worship to you to get today in your, your home, in your house church. Amen. Amen. Valerie read uh, John 17, and on this Palm Sunday, I wanted to, as God would lead me, and I knew God was leading me to preach this as I struggled to find a scripture because I've been preaching for uh, a few decades, and um, this scripture came and spoke to me. It's before uh, Jesus is on, uh, before Jesus is physically on his way to the cross, right before he's arrested, and uh, we're in John 17, a glorious book. If you want to start reading the Bible, read the book of John. And I want you to repeat after me. Out of, out of this world say it again out of this world, of this world. amen that's the title of the sermon today out of this world I uh, I want you to know something uh, this morning and that is that the father chose you out of all the people in this world hallelujah the father chose you out of all the people in this world write this down Jesus found you because the father chose you type it down type it up write it down Jesus found you why because the father chose you can you say that with me Jesus found you because the father chose you amen look at verse 6 Jesus says this. This is Jesus' prayer for his disciples. I have received you, verse 6, I have received you. I have revealed you. That's why I got the, get the right glass, part of the glasses, right? I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. I have revealed you to those who, whom you gave me, who the Father gave the Son out of the world. Do you see that? That means that you are special. And you obeyed the Father's word. Because you are special. Watch this. Verse 6. Let's go back to the first part. Then the second sentence. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. I have revealed you, you to those you gave me. Out whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. Do you see that? You gave them to me. And they have what? Obeyed your word. 
Listen, don't let anyone take away your understanding that you are special. You obey the Father's word, watch this, not because you are corny. Not, you obeyed the Father's word, not just because someone taught it to you. You obeyed the word because you are special. Type this up, write this down. That's going to be my new saying, right? <laughs> Type this up or write this down. Somebody's laughing right now because they know me. All New York Covenant folk, Amen. Write this down, type this up. Don't disobey the word because obeying the word is what makes you special. Don't disobey the word, don't disobey the word, because obeying the word is what makes you special. Don't disobey the word because obeying the word is what makes you special. Right? I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. You're special. And they have obeyed your word. So obeying the word is your specialty. Come on, somebody. Obeying the word is your specialty. Verse 7. Look at it with me. Now they know that everything, Jesus talking to the Father, now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. That is, comes from, watch this, out of this world. Everything you have given me, Jesus says to the Father, right, comes from you, comes from out of the world. In other words, you were chosen out of this world and everything Jesus gave us, watch this, while he was on this earth, came from out of this world, came from the Father. Somebody got it. More specifically, verse 8, Jesus says, for I gave them the words you gave me, Father, right? And they accepted them. Did you get it? The fact that you accepted, listen to me, uh, that that the fact that you accepted words that are not from this world. Let me say that again. The fact that you accepted words that are not from this world and obey them. That is what makes you special. The fact that you accepted words that are not from this world is what makes you special. I'm talking about God's word, of course. Verse 8, look at it again. Because Jesus continues. They knew with certainty that I came from who? That I came from who? That I came from you. They knew, that my disciples knew for certainty that I came from you, out of this world, right? And they believed that you sent me. If you just look at the scripture and read down what Valerie uh, Simpkins read from 6 to 19 and just circled out of this world or from this not of this world, you'd find that there's a theme happening here, right? And you'd find the glory in, in what's being said right now. So Jesus, here it is, who isn't from this world. They knew with certainty that I came from you, verse 8, and they believe that you sent me. So Jesus, who isn't from this world, right, was sent by the Father who is not from this world. 
right? I want you to focus on the fact, like I just said, that Jesus is emphasizing this here. The disciples knew this was a heavenly teaching and not an earthly one. They knew that what they were being told to do by Jesus was a command that was not from this world. They were taking teachings from heaven. And so it, was not, it would not make worldly sense to most people, right? It would not make worldly sense, period, because it was a heavenly teaching. Y'all follow me? And because it would not make worldly sense, it would make them unsafe in this world. It would make them unsafe on this earth. When you follow Jesus' teachings, you become unsafe in this world. Like Jesus. That's why you see Jesus praying for the protection of his disciples. Why is he praying for the protection of his disciples? Why? Because, write this down or type this up, because obedience to a heavenly word will make you unsafe in the world. Let me say it again. Because obedience to a heavenly word will make you unsafe in the world. Obedience to a heavenly word will make you unsafe in the world. That's why Jesus is praying for the protection of his disciples because he gave what the father gave him. He gave them the father's word. They received the word, verse 6, and they obeyed the word. And because they received the word and obeyed the word, they were special. And because they were special and they received the heavenly word, it made no worldly sense. Somebody got it all together now. It made no worldly sense to them. To the world. And so because of that, their obedience to that heavenly word made them unsafe in the world. So Jesus is praying for protection. You see, it's normal. Somebody said, thank you, Pastor, for that summary. <laughs> right? Amen. It is, you're welcome. It is normal to feel unsafe as a disciple in this world. It's normal as a disciple to feel unsafe, I want to encourage you, in this world. But know that Jesus himself has prayed for you and I. He has prayed for all believers because what you see here, he's praying for his disciples. And then he prays in the next couple of next, actually next is a uh, next paragraph. He pray, prays for all believers. Look at verse nine. Look at it with me. I pray for them. Jesus praying to the father. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world. Read it with me. But for those who have given, you have given me, for they are yours. That's powerful. Do you see that? Jesus says, I, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world. What? Jesus is not praying for the world. He's just praying for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers to come. He says, I pray for them. I am not, let's be clear, don't get it twisted. I am not praying for the world. But for those who have, you have given me, for they are what? Yours. I want you to understand this. Jesus was not praying for the world. He was praying for his disciples. And then in verse 20, look at verse 20. Skip down. We'll come back and go through. But skip down to verse 20. My prayer, verse 20, you got it, is not for them alone. I pray also. 
for those who will believe in me through their message. Wow. Do you see that? He prays for all believers. I understand Jesus, that Jesus was about to be arrested. He was about to be mocked. He was about to be severely brutalized. He, he, and then nailed to a cross. He was about to go through an unbelievably horrendous experience and his prayer was not for the world. But, his, but for his disciples and for all believers, y'all hear me, to come in the future for all his disciples, all of his believers, the people who believe on him to come in the future. Let me read verse 20. Look at verse 20. Read it with me to yourself at home or wherever you are. My prayer, verse 20, is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. Verse 21 that all of them may be one. What is he praying for all believers to be what? To be one. That all believers, that all of them may be what? One. So I'm praying also for those who believe in me through the disciples' message. So through the disciples' message, as they preach the word throughout and, and it goes throughout the world, I'm not only praying for them, I'm praying for those who believe in me through their message, the message through the word that I gave them, that all of them may be one Father, just as, watch this, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray they be one just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they be one. Go on. May they also be in us so that, why? The world may believe that you sent me. Wait a second. Somebody already got it. While Jesus is entering a crisis, while he is going into his extreme difficulty, his trouble, his, uh, while Jesus is about to go through personal danger, while Jesus is unsafe physically, while Jesus is unsafe in this world, he prays for the protection of his disciples and for their oneness. In a time when some people will scatter as he makes his way to the cross like Peter, denying that they even know him he prays for their protection and eventual oneness he prays for their unity why does he not wait a second pastor you haven't answered the question why does he not pray for the world too pastor that seems crazy that seems selfish of jesus that appears uncaring of jesus well i'll tell you this is why Jesus prays for believers. Look at verse 22 again. I have given them the glory. Who has he given the glory to? To believers. I have given who? The, the believers, his, those who believe on him. I have given them the what? The glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Th Watch this. Then. Somebody say then. Then. I pray for them and all the believers that they may be one as I'm one, I'm in you, I am in them, and you are in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even 
as you have loved me. In other words, I have given them my glory. My disciples, my, those who believe on me, I have, listen to me, if you're a believer today, uh, God has given you his glory. God, Jesus has given you. Did you see that? He has given you his glory. I have, he has illuminated you. He has made his light shine on you. His magnificence has been placed upon you. And he has given you shine. Verse 23, I in them and you, Father, in me, verse 23, so that they may be brought to complete unity with Jesus who is going back to heaven, right? May they be brought into complete unity, right, with the Father, with the Son, in other words, with Jesus who is about to go back to heaven after he is crucified and rises from the dead uh, and then ascends to be at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, right? So note that this is an otherworldly unity. I, right, with my father, I, and, and, and me, Jesus, with the people of God, and you in me, I in them, I, Jesus, in them, believers, and you, Father, in me. You see that unity? And that unity, that's a connection to this otherworldliness. So that note that this is an otherworldly unity. Did you get it? This is a heavenly unity. This is an out of the world experience. This is a heavenly unity that Jesus is praying will take place on earth. Right? He's saying, I in them and you in me. He connected the people of God, the church, with him and him with the Father. This is out of this world. This is an otherworldly unity. This is a heavenly unity that Jesus is praying will take place. Where? On earth. That's a good word. This is an out of this world unity. Why? Verse 23 again. So then the world. I'll answer that question. Why doesn't Jesus pray, pray for the world? Why does he just pray for his disciples and all who believe on him? Verse 23, so then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. <laughs> Jesus prays, I'll explain, for us to be together. As a body of believers, Jesus prayed for our unity. Hear me. And he's given us his glory to do it. We have heaven's power to come together. Can I get amen? We have heaven's power to come together. He's given us his glory so that we could be unified. We have heaven's power to come together. I want you to hear this clearly, particularly during this time of sheltering in place, during this time of social distancing, because what Jesus is praying for is the future. He's praying so that the world will know did you hear what I said? He's praying for, and I believe in a prophetic word. I believe all, the, anybody believe all the word of God is prophetic. That means it says something not back then, but it says something for us right now. 
He says he's praying so that the world will know. I believe this is prophetic. He's praying that now is not the time, but later is. He's praying that our latter witness of him as the church will be greater than our present witness right now. He's praying that our oneness in this process, in this going through, in this current situation, our present form is only temporary. That this temporary time is part of the journey toward great unity one day soon. And that our future as a church is completely dependent on our relationship with heaven or the power that will come down from heaven on the glory that is given to us by the Son from the Father so that when we do physically get together again our oneness will be greater oh yes it will somebody say oh yes it will our oneness somebody say our oneness will be greater because he said they will know he was praying about the future. Hallelujah. The future. So write this down or type this up. Jesus doesn't pray for the world because he touches the world through the church. Jesus doesn't pray for the world here because he touches the world through the church. Through the people of God. Can the people of God say amen? He doesn't. Jesus doesn't pray for the world because he touches the world through the church. So I got to take my jacket off. Hold on a second. Come on, somebody. It's getting hot in here. I ain't going to take off all my clothes. Come on. Listen, just, my, just like David, I got I to strip down a little bit. Come on, somebody. So, so Jesus instead prays for the church. He prays for those who believe to touch the world. <laughs> watch this, watch this, watch this. John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16. Ain't been church for 10 years, you know John 16. <laughs> watch this, John 3.16. What? For God, watch this. For God so loved the world. Jesus didn't pray for the world here. Watch this. For God, John 3, 16, so loved the world. What did he do because he loved the world? That he gave what? His only, the Father, <laughs> gave the Son, that he gave, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Notice who he blesses here first. Who does he bless here first? Notice that he blesses those who believe on him. He blesses those who believe. He blesses them with eternal life. Doesn't he? Yes. God loved the world. Yeah. He loved the world. But the way he loved the world was to bless people who believed on him. <sighs> he blessed the world. I got it. But he blessed the world 
The way he blessed the world was to bless people who believed on him. The way he loved the world here was to give believers eternal life. The way he loved the world here in John 3.16 was to give believers an eternal home in heaven. In a real sense, God, watch this, pulled believers by loving the world, gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him will not perish but have everlasting life. In a real sense, God pulled believers out of this world and made them his ambassadors in the world. And I know 2 Corinthians chapter 5 talks about 16. I believe we are ambassadors for Christ. That's before it says, he that is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away and new things have come into being. We're new. We have a new mind. We have a new way of thinking because we are no longer of this world. Then he says we are ambassadors for Christ as though, as in fact, it actually means in the Greek, as in fact, we are ambassadors for Christ. As in fact, God is working through us. He's given us his glory. He's given us his power. God is working through us to will and to act according to his good purpose. I love that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So that even though we are in the world, we are no longer of the world because we are ambassadors, right? Write this down or type this up. Unity in the body is nonconformity to the world. Unity in the body of Christ is nonconformity to the world. Apostle Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, right? You know that scripture too. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be, don't let, be conformed, double passive. Don't be conformed. Don't allow, don't sit around, allow the world to change you by giving you their message. Don't let them change you by giving you their word. Don't let them change you by giving them their human philosophy and theology on life. Don't let them change you. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the word of God, so that when the word, God's word changes you, you'll be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. That's Romans 12. I want to put it together for you with some familiar tunes to this new refrain. Hallelujah. Listen. Your transformation, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your transformation, your new way of thinking, that word that God gave you, he chose you, then he gave you his word, and then, and then you obeyed his word, that makes you special, remember? Your transformation, your then, because of that word, your new way of thinking, because of that word, doesn't come by way of this world. That's, it comes straight instead from heaven. It comes from out of this world. That's why when we pray, can I go back to last week? If you didn't see uh, or hear the message last week, watch it or listen to it again or listen to it for the first time. Excuse me. Watch this again. Our message, our word, our transformation comes straight from heaven. That's why when we pray, what do we do? We start where? With heaven. Our Father, right? 
Why do we start in heaven when we pray? Because we need to get our mind focused on heaven before we deal with our challenges on earth. Our Father who art in heaven, this is how we should pray. The rubric for our prayer. I will not, don't recite it verbatim, but uh, uh, have a rubric. Know that you should start with heaven and give God his due. Give the Father his due. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, how reverence, how revered is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's why we sang it today. On earth as it already is in heaven. Now look at verse 10. Verse 10. Getting to the end. All I have is yours. And all you have is mine. Verse 10. All I have is yours, Lord. God, Father, all I have is yours, Father. And all you have, Father, is mine. And glory has come to me through them. Through who? Through the disciples. Jesus gives his glory. Right? All and glory come, has come to me through them, right? Now, remember, Jesus gave his glory to us. And then we give glory back to him. Look at verse 10 again. And all I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. God gives glory. Jesus gives glory through us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus gives us glory he gives us his glory as believers to be his witness in the world, right? He gives us his glory to be his witness in the world. Watch this. And because we're shining like a diamond, because we are doing good works, people who previously did not believe will give the Father glory. Right? Matthew 5, 16. Famous scripture, let your light shine before people that they might see your good works and glorify who? Your father in heaven. Because in the light, the glory that you got from Jesus shines in the world and people turn toward God and bring glory back to him. Because of you. Hallelujah, somebody. Verse 13, look at it. I am, verse 13, I am coming to you now. Can I get to the end? I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still where? In the world. I'm coming to you. I'm going back to you, Father. But I say these things while I am where? In the world. So that they may have the full measure of my joy where? Within them. He goes on. He says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them. Wow. Wait a second. What did he just say? I have given them your word, Father, and as a result of me giving your word, what has happened? The world, think about this, has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. We're no longer of the world any more than Jesus is of the world. Do you see that? Can you understand who you are when God loved the world and gave his only begotten son and you believed on him you had eternal life you have a new home you're an ambassador for christ you're now out of, you're not from this world no more double naked no more from this world child that's not where you're from anymore it's changed your life changed maybe more than you imagined you are not from this world why but wait a second go back 
Why does the world hate Jesus' disciples? Why? What does it say? Because Jesus gave them the what? He gave them the word. And because he gave them the word, the world hates them. What? But not only did Jesus give his disciples the word, because it's contradictory, it contradicts the world's word. That's why the world will hate you when you get God's word. Come on. And you get that word and then you what? Obey that word. See, not only did Jesus' disciples, right, get the word, they obeyed the word. Verse 6, go back to verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. And they were yours. You gave them to me. And they have obeyed, amen, your word. I love that. Write this down, type this up. The world hates you because you were given his word. The world hates you because you were given his word from heaven and you obeyed it. Say it again. The world hates you. Why? Because you were given his word from heaven and you obeyed it. Why did you obey it? On the earth. The world hates you because you were given his word from heaven and you obeyed it. On the earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. On earth. As it is in heaven. If you're doing God's will. If you're a part and parcel. Of bringing the will of God. Upon the earth. By doing his work in the world. The world will hate you. Now maybe the world doesn't hate you. Everybody likes me pastor. Everybody. Everybody like me. They like me. You like me don't you. Don't hate, congratulate, right, whatever. You, you love me. The world loves me, Pastor. You love me. Everybody loves me. I get along with everybody. Maybe the world, so the world doesn't hate you. But let me say this. If the world doesn't hate you, you have a lot more of his word to obey. Let me say that again. If the world doesn't hate you, you have a lot more of his word to obey. This is for somebody today. Not everybody, but somebody. I want to encourage you, but I want to tell you this. Stop concerning yourself with being liked by people who don't know him. Stop being concerned with yourself. Stop concerning yourself with being liked by people who don't know him. Because if you're concerned about being liked, you won't be concerned enough about obeying his word. I need to say that again. If you're, if you're concerned about being liked or getting a like, <laughs> you won't be concerned enough about obeying his word. You and I are no longer of this world. So we do not care about the petty things. We should not care about the petty things people of this world care about. Can I get an amen? That means we're not going to agree with a lot of things this world believes in. Why? Because Jesus gave us his father's word. And when we obey that word that runs contrary to the world's word, the world will hate us. Write this down. Last thing. It's the word active in your life that makes many people hate you. It's the word active in your life 
that makes many people hate you. It's the word active in your life that makes many people hate you. Verse 15. My prayer, verse 15, verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Jesus praying to the Father. My prayer is not that you not, is not, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, his, his disciples, but that you protect them. Watch this. From who? From the what? From the who? From the evil one. Wait a second. My prayer? The Lord's prayer. The disciples' prayer. It's not, right? Right? Matthew 6, 13. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the what? From the evil one. Get this now. When Jesus taught us how to pray, this is how you should pray. Matthew 6, 13. The last line in that prayer is what? Deliver us from the evil one. Listen to me. Praying for protection, praying for deliverance from evil was so important that Jesus told us to do it as part of our daily prayer to the Father. And praying for protection, praying for deliverance from the evil one was so important that Jesus himself prayed to the Father for it, for us. Now that's some stuff, right? Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Who's not of the world? My disciples, he's saying. Even as I am not of it, they're not of the world. Anymore. No, no, that, that's over. Sanctify them. Come on, somebody say sanctify them. Because they're not of the world. I'm asking you, Father Jesus, praise to the Father. Sanctify the disciples. Sanctify my disciples by what? Sanctify them by the what? By what? Sanctify them by the truth. Oh, help me, Lord. What's the truth? Your word <laughs> is great scripture, truth, sanctified by the church. We are not of this world. Say it with me. We are not of this world. Say it again. We are not of this world. I'll read it again. They are not of the world. Verse 16, even as I am not of it. Then he says what? Sanctify them by the truth. What's the truth? Your word is truth. Then it says what? As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. That's why you're here. For them, he took you out of the world when he saved you. And he literally and figuratively and literally brought you back into the world to do his work and will. Somebody really got it. Verse 18 again. Sanctify them by your truth. Verse 17. Your word is true. Verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. He sent them into the world. He said, Listen, I want to just focus one thing. And that is and end with this. He asked the Father to sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. What is the truth? Your word. 
He's saying set them apart from the world by your word. That all makes sense now, right? We're set apart from the world. We're sanctified. Set apart from the world by the word of God. We are set apart. Write this down. We are set apart from the world by his word. We are set apart. Or Type this up. Write this down. We are set apart from the world by his word. Why is that true? Why are we set apart from the world by his word? Because his word is truth. In fact, because his word is the truth. Hallelujah. The definitive article, it is not a truth. It is his word is the truth. I am the way, he said. And he said, I am the truth. I am the life. His word is the truth that will set us apart. Y'all got it. And it is that truth that will separate us from the world we live in right now. And because the word, the word of God separates us from the world, we are hated by the world the more we follow the word, the truth. Your talents, I'll say this at end, won't separate you enough. Your education or if you're not as educated like me, your education won't separate you enough. Your family pedigree won't set you apart like you may think. Nothing you and I have done will do, or will do will distinguish us like obeying the word of God. Are you ready for that? Are you ready and willing to be that special in this world and not and, and embrace the fact that you are no longer of this world or even from this world or going back to this world because you're going somewhere else? Are you ready and willing to be that special in the world because you've taken the word and obeyed the word in the world? Will you commit your life to being that sacred, that sanctified and filled with his spirit, that holy, that otherworldly? Are you willing to live like you are actually out of this world and not from this world? God bless you. And God will bless you if you will be special as you are out of this world. Let the church say amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not doing any microwave sermons because we're doing it virtually. Amen, somebody. There won't be any 15-minute sermons here. No sermonettes. I don't do, we don't do sermonettes. We preach the word of God. Amen. If you want to hear the word of God, we'll give you the word of God right here. Right here and now. Amen, somebody. Praise God. Praise God. Wherever you are, you can stand. Amen. Um, well, have a seat. You can sit down in your house and you can sit down too. Amen. But we want to welcome you. If you'd like to know Christ is Lord and Savior. Jesus was sent by the Father. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believe, whomsoever believeth on him will not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that you saw the connection here from the Father to the Son to 
all who would believe on him believe that Jesus is Lord. Will you believe him today? Will you believe him today? If you become a believer today in Jesus, you'll have a relationship that cannot be broken in earth because it's already done by heaven. And we welcome to you to that kind of relationship with God in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to accept Christ, you can let us know. You can... Um, let us know by um, typing something up and letting someone know we have people there to receive you right on Facebook Live to receive you. Uh, and most of all, for to know that Jesus has received you. All you have to do is ask him to come into your life so that you can be in his. Amen. And that is a prayer. Can we pray together? But you've got to believe the prayer. It really needs to be your prayer and not mine. But I can help you. Let us pray. Dear God, I need you in my life. Repeat after me. Dear God, I need you in my life. Make me the kind of person you called me to be. I believe that you, Jesus, are the Son of God. I believe that you came down from heaven and entered the earth, chose to lay yourself down, chose to be unsafe in this world and chose to die and to resurrect yourself. And I celebrate that today. I believe on you, that you love me so much that you died for me, that you are a substitute on the cross, that it should have been me because I sinned and fall short of God's glory. But you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. And you bridge the gap between me and you by dying in my place before just God. And I accept you as Lord and Savior. Lord over my life, lead my life, Savior, save my life. I believe you are the way, the only truth, and the only life, and no one can come to you but through you. I pray this in Jesus' name, and I accept my salvation today, that you saved me, and I celebrate that along with the angels this morning in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. If you'd like to join the church, you can let us know you're joining the church today. You can type that up don't write it down type it up amen on the live page and let us know and someone will connect with you in jesus name god bless you it's time to give and we give god praise for giving um amen someone will give the the link to secure give uh but it's easy if you did uh secure give slash i think it's securegive.com slash new york covenant it should come right up you could just do securegive.com and then you can go on the website and do the search and just put in our, the name of our church, New York Covenant Church, and it'll come up and you can give easily, safe, fast, that way. God doesn't need our giving. The church does. Amen. If you're still working, amen. Come on, somebody. If you made a dollar, you have a tithe. If you made 10 cents, you have a tithe to give. Amen. You have an offering to give. If you're still working, you need to be giving. I'm talking to our members today. Amen. If you're a member of the church, you're watching. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to just speak for your pastor right now. Amen. And that's the reality. God doesn't need anything from us. He's an all-sufficient God. Hallelujah. But the church needs it to do the work of, of, the, of, of, of heaven in the world. God gives us an opportunity to do the work of heaven in the world. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are the ones that people look to to see God, to see his shine, to see his glory working through our good work so that they might give him glory and accept him and embrace him as Lord and Savior, the Christ of all creation, the God of all creation, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. So we invite you to give. Don't give up on your giving. Amen. If you don't know how to give, on, on through the online giving, you can mail us the check. Amen, somebody. A, couple, a number of people uh, contacted via through, ultimately to me. Uh, what should they do? Just do the old school thing. Write a check. 500 Main Street, New Rochelle, New York. New York Covenant Church. Put past the hold on it. Don't write it out to me. Amen, somebody. Write it out to the church. So, so make, I make sure I, we get it and it doesn't get into some kind of junk mail pile but send it 500 main street new rochelle new york 10801 10801 you can look it up if i'm talking too fast and then mail the check to new york covenant church talking to our membership today amen praise god and let the work the ministry of the lord continue on the face of the earth through the church of the living god amen praise god no shorts no kind of tricky way of trying to tell you how to give just give because god loves you not because a preacher told you pray Give because you're a cheerful giver. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Now can we stand and say the benediction together? Amen. You can stand in your house. You can stand. You finally got out of bed. Some of y'all, I know that's right. To Come on. Like Tupac in Jesus' name. I ain't mad at you. Just come on, stand up. Let's bow our heads in, in, in reverence to God and close our eyes in concentration to what was going on in the prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, we pray and we thank you. First of all, we thank you today for Jesus. Thank you for your prayer way back then. Thank you for praying for the disciples. Thank you for praying for all who would come to believe through your disciples. All, thank you for praying for all believers because you're, we know that you were praying for us back then for our present time. And not only were you praying to, for, uh, for us for this present time, you were praying for our future. And we thank you that we know that the God of all creation, you, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, was praying for us long time ago for today and for tomorrow. That we would have oneness in the church greater even than that we have now. That in the future we'll have this oneness that our latter will be greater than our former witness. And that the world will be blessed through us didn't pray for the world you prayed for us thank you for praying for us to touch the world so that the world may be blessed that's how you work you give us an opportunity to participate in your ministry you didn't have to do that but you did and we're so thankful that you've given us your glory to to shine in the world so that people may glorify you the father in heaven and we pray this prayer protect us and lead us and guide us we pray for all who are ailing all who are sick all who have been touched by this coronavirus God we pray for healing in the name of Jesus we pray for peace in the name of Jesus that passes all understanding that God's our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus we pray for that we pray that we be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication we would make our request be made known to you and the peace of God and the God of peace would be with us 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you don't know, we have a prayer line that goes on on Saturday. The Sister Valerie Simpkins helps to lead and ministers from our community on there. If you go on our Facebook page, you'll see it. And please join us. I believe it's at 9 a.m., right? On Saturdays, we've been doing it each week on Saturdays. What a beautiful thing to do. Come and join us and pray for our community. Wherever community you're in, we're praying for you. And we want you to pray for us. And let's pray together because we know that in unity, that's where God's glory makes a difference. Hallelujah. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen.